that is with us, who what can stand against. This is like me pick, us picking basketball squads and me picking Michael Jordan first. Like, you don't stand a chance. Like, you know the odds are stacked against you. I'm picking LeBron James first. That's what this is. Our God is greater than. Amen? Before you take your seats, before you take your seats, I'd like to read this particular scripture into your hearing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'd like you to stand, if you would, with me uh, for the reading of the word of God. It is from 1 Samuel. Yes, sir. All right, come on. 1 Samuel 17, verses 32 through 37. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 37. I'm still talking about trust, and I hope you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this particular scripture. Um, and David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine, to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. He's been fighting his whole life. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, the lion and the bear, I caught him by his beard and smote him, hit him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the hand out of the paw of the bear, yes, sir. he will deliver me you, out of the hand of this Philistine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Saul said unto David, yes. go, and the Lord be with thee. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Seats. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord, saints. Uh, we've been talking about trust for a few weeks now, and um, I've realized that, you know, there's one thing I was missing with all the messages I've been talking about with trust is that sometimes trust doesn't always come naturally to people like us. Like those people who have gone through things or experienced issues, sometimes it's difficult to build trust. Trust isn't something that you naturally have in you, especially if you've been burned a couple of times. Like you have to, like once the trust has gone out, you have to, you have to kind of put it back in. You have to invest in it, and you have to start kind of thinking about how trust can be built again. I don't know about you, but I was in an accident. It was just before the pandemic started in with my car. I was on the um, roundabout, we call the Mylands in England, but we were out on the roundabout, that roundabout in Dublin, the brand new one, or three, the five-year or six-year-old one. And I was getting ready to turn onto, I think it's Riverside, um, and somebody on the other side, who's supposed to be going straight, they're only allowed to go straight, decided to turn on me. My wife was in the car and hit me. It was an accident. These things happen, right? People have accidents. That's just what happens. And you, you just have to realize that. We got out, we exchanged details. It was fine, okay? Minister actually came out there and made sure I was okay. We were all good. Everything, we were no really bad problems. However, for the next, I don't know what it was, six months, 
whenever I would approach this island, every time I'm thinking about this island, I'm saying to myself, this person's about to hit me. Now, I couldn't get over it for months and months. In fact, I was driving around the island and thinking about that accident again this morning. This is like two, three years after, and I'm still thinking about that moment. And a friend of mine who had, um, had traveled, it's, it's amazing how much we take for, for granted driving in our streets, that it's orderly, and you know, people stop, generally stop at stop signs and let you go first. Generally, people stop at red lights and let you go first. But there are countries out there where red light isn't so much a, a, a law as it is a suggestion. It's like, you can stop when it's red, but you could also think about going if it's clear. Like, that doesn't happen over here, not very often. Maybe a few people break the rules every now and again, but for the most part, we can trust that other people on the roads are going to obey the laws of traffic. Now, it breaks down. Now, I don't know if you've ever been at a, light, a, stop, a stoplight or a, a light where <laughs> both lights are out like, and everybody's trying to get to work. And like, some people wait, some people don't. <laughs> and some people are like really anxious to get through. So they, as soon as they get to stop, they're not waiting to see what anybody else is doing. They just go for it. Yeah. But this trust you build up comes as a result of experience. So I feel pretty confident going home um, not because I know everybody, but because I've built up a certain kind of experience on the road. And I know what to expect from people. I know what the good behavior is, what the bad behavior is. But that didn't all come at the same time. So when you enter into new situations, so when I go back home to England, I have to now get used to everything from the opposite way. We'll drive on the other side of the street. Now, all the rules are kind of, you have to, it's like trying to, uh, dress yourself, but you're not looking at your mirror, right? You're not looking at a mirror now, so it's like everything's in reverse. And it's like you have to concentrate all the time because all the expectations of where people are coming from, where they're going, has changed, and you have to change with it. <laughs> and so me being in that road, sometimes it's difficult for them to understand why I'm pausing so much. Well, I'm pausing because I have to, need to make sure when I get out of this street, I'm on the right side of the road. All the time when I go into a car in England, I'm always going to the passenger side, opening up, confidently getting ready to put the key right into the passenger side because the steering wheel is on the other side. You get used to doing certain things, right? So when you're confronted with something different, it makes you pause, it makes you hesitant. What's happened in the scripture I read just a few moments ago is a new government, essentially, is in Israel. They have decided that they don't want to listen to prophets and judges anymore, like Samuel. They've decided we want a king. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Samuel, who was the prophet at the time when the people decided that they wanted a king, they wanted a new way of being ruled, a new way of being governed. Samuel said to them, this is you choosing yourself over God. You're creating a new type of trust, not with the God who's been faithful, but with yourself. And what we've read in, in chapter 17 is the first time the new trust relationship gets challenged. Because they've chosen a new king and said he's going to be the person who's going to be in charge when we go to fight. And they chose this new king, not because he trusted in God, but because he was the tallest. 
not because he had a faith and belief in the everlasting father. No, it was because he was considered to be a great warrior. They didn't pick him because they thought he would lead them towards God. They picked him because they, they thought that it was a great opportunity to have somebody who we could get behind when we go to fight, we can follow this person. Yes. The problem with that technique, it's like if you pick a basketball team first on, based on who's the tallest and somebody new comes along who's taller, your whole team's messed up now. So they had the best team with the tallest guy and then the Philistines come along with the tallest guy ever in history and ruin the whole thing. <laughs> right? The whole thing, the whole trust exercise is completely destroyed because I picked you because you were tall. I picked you because you were strong. And then this really tall guy comes along who's really strong comes along. And all of a sudden, all the things that I was trusting in are now upended. The whole of the government structure is based on the fact that we picked Saul because he was the tallest, he was the best looking, and he was the strongest. And then the first problem that comes up is that somebody who's bigger and stronger comes along in the very next chapter. We have to put trust in the right things, not just the things that are convenient to us at that moment. I don't know if you've ever, um, I remember when I, had a, I thought I had a really good job at a great startup. It was a tech company. Um, it was a tech company with health. And it was a great opportunity. They were getting really great investments. I'd been there for exactly 11 months. And I remember um, my manager and the um, engineering manager came over to our desks. And he pointed at a guy and said, follow me. And what I realized afterwards is that he'd let that guy go. This was Christmas time. He then came to another person at my desk, pointed at him and said, can you follow me please? Went out. I thought, remember, this was the startup I assumed was going to make me, this was gonna be it. Retirement, thank you, excellent. Pointed another guy, pulled him out. Went around the entire department doing this, pulling people out. And I sat there just looking at my screen, realizing there was, I put my trust in the wrong thing. Like I had put my trust in the thing that I thought was the most important and the strongest and the most capable, the thing that was gonna look after me, only to have that completely ripped from underneath me. We've gotta figure out trust, but we've gotta figure out trust in the right thing. Sometimes I think we trust the thing that we are given rather than the giver of the thing. You understand what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Come on. We trust what we are given yes, sir. rather than the giver. Okay, I see, I see. We trust the resource yes. rather than the source. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Resources run out, but source, that means you've got everything. <laughs> so now what has happened with the story I've just read with David, David is still a shepherd. He's not a king of Israel yet. Saul is the king, the first king of Israel. David is, the, Saul is the first king of Israel, this tall, this good looking guy, this handsome man, this strong man, he's the king of Israel. And they're looking to him for leadership when they go to a fight. And the Philistines have come to the border for a fight. Not only have they come to it for a fight, but they've got a champion called Goliath. We've all heard the story. This champion called Goliath is standing there, challenging them, shouting at them, calling them everything. And he's challenging them to come out and fight. And at that point, you're saying to yourself, well, our best fighter isn't nearly that tall, isn't nearly that strong, isn't nearly that good. 
which tells you something. If you've put your trust in that guy, it's gonna fail you some point. David came into this story as a young, described as a cheeky young boy. He's kind of a bit arrogant. His arrogance, his, his, his brothers actually, when they saw him show up, they kind of, you kind of get from the scripture that they're kind of doing a rolling of the eyes type thing. Like, what is he doing here? How is he showing up? Aren't you supposed to be looking after the sheep? What are you doing here? We've got people's important business we're doing. There's an army invading us. Why are you here, right? David showed up and has immediately assessed the situation and trying to figure out what are you all worried about? Why are you all worried? This is what I talk about with experience sometimes. Sometimes we need experience, not with Goliath, but with something smaller, to build trust in the God of heaven. You understand what I mean? You don't need to have your mortgage threatened to build trust in God, right? You, sometimes it can just be um, you're concerned with a friend and that's building your trust in God. Because you're gonna pray about it and you're gonna to talk to them about it and you're gonna figure out how to, how to get them where they need to go. That's not a big battle, but it's a battle nonetheless. So David shows up with everybody getting ready to fight and he tells them, I'll go fight. The first thing they wonder is, how are you gonna go fight? First of all, you're a child. That's the first thing. <laughs> and this guy's been fighting people since he was a child. I don't know if you've seen Shaquille O'Neal when he was 13 years old. He was my size. He was bigger than me. When he was 12 or 13 years old, this guy was huge. That's what you can imagine in your mind, that's what Goliath was. He was huge when he was 12 or 13. And David's trying to fight him at 12 or 13. And he's a grown man this, at this point with, with a spear, they suggest, is incredibly heavy. Just the spear he has is, is heavy. The sword he has is the size of a man. This is what the scripture tells us, right? How can you fight him? That's the question that Saul has. How can you fight him? And David's answer's amazing, and I hope it's the answer we adopt for ourselves. I'm not worried about my strength. <laughs> David wasn't worried about his own ability. He says, the Lord delivered me already. And from that experience, I know he's gonna deliver me now. We've got to draw on our experience with the Lord to help us in new situations. And with the new situation, we bring the confidence we've built from before to the new situation. So when we are going through our problems, we don't have to say, well, Lord, I don't know what it is in this new situation. We can say, Lord, you, you helped me when I had a bill that was due. You helped me with that situation. You helped me when I was suffering with, with fear and depression. You helped me then, you can help me now. <laughs> David is, hasn't, hasn't got a warrior, hasn't told them once that he knows how to use a sword. He probably has never put on an armor before. He's probably never lifted a shield before because he's a shepherd. What would a shepherd have with a shield? But he said, I know what the Lord did to me when I was in something else situation. I am borrowing the trust from that previous situation and I'm going to invest it in this new situation. <laughs> Let me go back to the scripture, just go read that real quick. Verse 32, and David said to Saul, 
let no man's heart, thank you Lord Jesus, let no man's heart fail. David wants his trust to help everybody there. <laughs> I love this about trust. Didn't you know trust is transferable? <laughs> like trust that I have, I'm gonna let you lend it. I want everybody to be invested in such a way that when you feel confident, you want that confidence to be infectious to help somebody else. Does that make sense? You're not, you're not quite there yet. Let me kind of tell you a bit of a background about what happened to me. Oh, you're, you're struggling right now with the relationship. Let me let you know what happened when I was struggling with the relationship. You're going through it right now, but let me show you, this is what happened to me. David doesn't have a Goliath in his life, but he has a bear and a lion. <laughs> He's trying to get the people around him to have the confidence and the trust that he has. He's trying to let them know, hey, you're gonna be okay. Don't let your heart fail because of this guy that's come along here. We're gonna be okay. So he says, verse it says, let no man's heart, and, and just to be clear, this is, has to be a kind of confidence that is astronomical. David, a shepherd, is talking to the king. David, the shepherd, is talking to a king. Like, I can't imagine going up to the Queen of England saying, everything's gonna be fine, don't worry about it. Like, that's just not, it's not for me to say, surely. Sometimes the, we need f folks with youthful trust and exuberance to help us get through some things. Just somebody telling you it's going to be okay. You think they don't need to hear it, but they really need to hear it. It's going to be okay. Uh, so he says, thy servant will go and fight. Don't you worry, king. Don't you worry, king, who we selected because you were the strongest and tallest. Don't worry about it. I'll go fight. <laughs> so he keeps going here and says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, because of Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. What's interesting about Saul's position and David's position is that Saul's position is one of a lack of trust, and David's position is a one of trust. Saul saying, There is. Saul speaking to David from what he knows and has experienced, which is just like me on that island where I go to turn left and I know that guy on the right is going to hit me again. That guy is going to, I, I, I'm not trusting right now because the last time I was in this position, the guy hit me and every single time it flashes through my head and I'm trying to explain to everybody why that island's dangerous. Meanwhile, somebody who's never been to that island and has never experienced that problem and never experienced that trauma is saying, the island's fine, come on over. <laughs> right? I want to be the David in this situation. Saul is speaking his fear and trauma into David and David saying I don't want nothing to do with that I trust the Lord Saul saying and Saul said to David thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight him for thou art but a youth you're young and he a man of war from his youth he's now a grown adult man who has been training for this fight for years from your age, and even when he was your age, you still couldn't beat him anyway. <laughs> so, what does David do with this information? 
Does he adopt the position of Saul? The king, the authority, the person who's the leader, the person who we should be explaining, who should be showing us the right way. No, he doesn't. Because his trust in God is greater than his trust in King Saul. And this is the mistake that the people of Israel made. They started to trust not in God, but trust in a king. And I'm saying that's a mistake. The things we have, the things we've been given, aren't the things that are trustworthy. The giver is trustworthy. Let me keep going here. Verse 33, and Saul said, and, and, David, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion. Here's the wonderful thing about David. His vision of his trust in the Lord is not greater than Saul's words. He's greater, sorry, than Saul's words. There is no way Saul can tell him something that will disrupt the testimony and the experience he has in God. There's nothing you can say. You can say to me that this guy's been fighting for 50 years and he's an expert, doesn't matter. The Lord has a testimony in my heart and I won't let it go. So David is drawing on the only thing he knows. I believe if David was a baker, he would be telling King Saul how the Lord makes his, his cakes the best in the world. So he has to be with him now. I don't think there is anything that Saul could say to David to dissuade his trust. And the thing I want you to take from this piece of history is I don't want anybody to be able to disrupt your trust in God. I don't care what authority they come to you with. I don't care how trustworthy they seem. I don't care how much money they have, how much power they have, that my trust in God will not be dissuaded by your word and by your information. I'm going to trust in the Lord. David refuses to listen to a word and he, and he actually brings him this information that I love. So let's look at the story, the testimony of David. He say, David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his, excuse me, thy servant kept his, his father's sheep. Verse 34, and David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Now, either this happened at the same time or it happened on two different occasions. It's not really sure from the scripture, but on one occasion, a lion came along, grabbed a lamb out of David's sheep and took off. David has a choice at that point. That's a loss. We're just gonna chalk that up. That's a, that's a dangerous animal and that's a loss. But he doesn't think that. He takes off straight after this animal. <laughs> now, this is something. I don't know if you've seen that lion at the Columbus Zoo. It is huge. And the bear is even bigger. <laughs> but David, after seeing this, takes right off after this, the lion and takes straight off after the bear and grabs it out of their mouth, takes it back. Okay, that's amazing, first of all. What's then amazing is that the scripture tells us that the, the bear goes back after David to go take back what he stole. And David says he grabbed him by the beard, which in his, his, his chin's on, hair on his chin, and killed the lion and killed the bear. Now, I tried to look this up to see how strong a lion is compared to a human being. 
I've got bears at about 7.5 times the strength of a human being. I've got lions at about five times the strength of a human being, at least. So David is probably making this calculation in his head. He said, if I can beat a bear, and if I can beat a lion, how in the world can Goliath beat me if the Lord is with me? He's not even talking about his own strength. He's saying the Lord was with me. He's not even saying I've been trained in any martial arts. He's not saying I have some particular skill set which allows me to take on animals. I don't know particularly anything about these creatures, but his trust is that the Lord is with him. That's what I love about this story, is that he, re- he has this unshakable confidence, not in himself, and that's the thing that everybody mistook about David. They thought he was cheeky, they thought he was rude, but the truth is it was just confidence. Okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. yes, sir. He was just confident in the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He knew the Lord would help. Yes, sir. Yes. He knew whatever trouble he was in, he the Lord was going to get him out of it. And he did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen to what he says. David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him <laughs> and smote him and delivered it, the lamb, out of his mouth. And he arose against me. I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant, servant slew both the lion and the bear. He feels like, I think this part is like, just in case you didn't, you missed the punchline of the story. <laughs> Just in case you weren't sure about what I did, I killed a lion and a bear. I remember when I was in, a, in Dudley Zoo years ago. Years ago, my dad was a very confident man. He told me there was this lion at the Dudley Zoo. It's the, literally the biggest lion I've ever seen. It's mass, it was massive. I'm sure it's not there anymore. And my dad had this thing where he said he could beat a lion if it he, if he came down to it. I don't know, he was, I don't know, I thought he was showing off to me, but after I saw that line, I had zero confidence that he could do this. But that was always his thing. I could be, if, if I needed to, if I had a good, sharp implement, I could, I could absolutely beat that. I don't know, Dad, that was just not re- reasonable or realistic. But David had such confidence, he said, I've done it. Both a lion and a bear. Like, I've beaten both. This guy cannot surely beat us. Thy servants slew both lion and the bear. Verse 36, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing as he hath defied, who? The armies of the living God. He was basically saying this is an affront to God himself. This is against his will. And if it's against his will, I've got to be against that. And I'm going to stand with a confidence knowing that the Lord is behind me. David said, moreover, the Lord, look at what he has put his trust in. He says, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion. Remember just a second ago, he said, I was the one who grabbed it by the beard. I was the one who killed it. I was the one who took off after it. Now he's saying, the Lord delivered me out of that situation. Like just to get the details on it. Like I'm confident, but it's a confidence in the Lord. Yes, I might sound cheeky, but it's a cheekiness from the Lord. Yes, I might sound like I'm doing too much, but it's because the Lord has done so much for me. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. 
And look at what this confidence does to the king. Look at what David's confidence does to Saul, because the next verse, part of the verse is really important. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Can you imagine, like a second ago, everybody's scared that the Philistines are at our border. Everybody's scared that this one called Goliath is standing outside wanting to have a fight. And this child has come up to you and said, let me go. The Lord will deliver me. And you see such confidence in this boy that you say, go, do it. The Lord be with you. Can you first of all imagine how scared he was, but now imagine how encouraged he is. What am I saying? You are going to bring into somebody's life, into somebody's world, a trust and a confidence that they've never seen before. And I'm asking you to speak that with confidence into their life so that they can do things that they never thought were possible before. Let them invite you into their space and let you pray God's blessing into their life so that the things that they were frightened of a moment ago now becomes the thing that they're confident in now. You see that? You can be a light where there is darkness. You can be trust when there is nothing but fear. You can bring in strength when there is nothing but weakness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. David, this young boy, this young child, brings this confidence to a king. Brings this confidence to a man who was supposed to be there to, for, to give us confidence in the first place. <laughs> But now David is giving that to them. So I don't want you to worry about what you thought they were before. I don't want you to worry about what you thought their strengths and their weaknesses were before. You thought maybe they shouldn't be subject to this kind of fear. Bring your trust and your strength and your faith into their life anyway. Don't worry about what they should have been. Bring them the truth and the faith anyway. Verse 37, one more time. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me, the Lord that delivered me out of the poor of the lion and out of the poor of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. It's important that we realize that this isn't about us. My confidence doesn't come from me because I've realized that my, comp my strength can fail at any moment. But I do believe in the Lord's strength. I believe he has power. I wanna share just a couple more scriptures with you. I read this one last week, but if you can find it for me, Psalms 20, verse seven. If you can find Psalms 20 for me, verse seven. Psalms 20, verse seven. Yeah. Some yep. trust in chariots. This is the thing that David learned after many, many years. This is a Psalm of David, and he's kind of distilling his experience into this song, into this Psalm. Yes, and he says, some trust, some actually do trust in, cha chariots. in chariots. And what else? And some in horses. Some people will actually put their trust in horses. These are fantastic military defense and offensive weapons. Yes, they give you an appearance of strength. But he says what? But we will remember yep. the name of the Lord, our God. We are going to remember the name of the Lord. Yes. That's where our trust is going to come from. Yes. Not for how deep your bank account is. No, sir, I can't. You know, I was looking. If you ever have to, uh, opportunity to look at a stock price of anything, it will give you heart palpitations. 
and uh, this cryptocurrency they've come out with is even worse, I'm told. One day it's up, one day it's down. I don't know if you've seen that advert where the guy's getting ready, he says, I'm a millionaire, and he gets ready to put his things away because he thinks he's, he's just hit the jackpot. And then five seconds later, he says, nope, I'm not a millionaire, and starts putting all his things back on his work desk. Like, that's, that kind of up and down trust, I cannot put my trust in it. I need something that is a sure foundation. And David is saying that rather than trust in our abilities and rather than trust in our resources, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. Let me just, just read a couple more scriptures here. Um, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5. If you can find that for me. And I'm going to go to Psalms 56, verses 3 to 4. Do we have the Proverbs scripture? Yes, sir. 3 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Yes. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't lean on yourself. It's tempting. But, but as David says, the Lord, the same God who delivered me is going to deliver me right now. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Psalms 56, verse 3 through 4. Again, Psalm of David, he's saying, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. The time that I am giving, have the most fear, yes. the most trepidation, the most doubt, I'm just going to go ahead and trust you anyway. Yes, like, I'm just going to go ahead and trust you. Like, I'm feeling this way, and I love that he didn't deny the fear part. Because sometimes it will have us believe, some of us are a bit too super holy, and some of us are a bit too super like nothing is touching you or affecting you. That's not true. It does affect you, and we trust anyway. Preach right there. Preach right there. Like, I do sometimes feel down. I do. Come on, sir. But I'm still going to trust in the Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, my. You're about to preach. Sometimes I feel like crying, but I'm still trusting in the Lord. You're about to preach. Yes, sir. Come on. So true. Gosh, like, so true. like, let's stop acting like we are impregnable. David put it right in the psalm yes, sir, and yes, shared it with everybody. Yes, sir, yes, he made a song out of it. That's real, that's real. Yes, sir, yes, sir. I'm afraid, but I'm still trusting. And if there's nothing else you get from me in these last few weeks, is don't let your emotions determine or, or name whether you trust the Lord. Your emotions are going to be all over the place. You can't help that part, but what you can do is every step you take forward is a declaration of trust in the Lord and the God of our salvation. Yes, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me read one more scripture to you, then I'll let you take your. Then I'll let you go to your to your to your uh, things. If you could go to Isaiah chapter fifty-five, verse ten. Thank you, Jesus. Fifty-five, verse ten. Yes, and verse eleven. For as the rain cometh down, yep. and the snow from the heaven, and returneth not hither, yep. but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So there's a kind of a transition in nature. You see it all the time. The, the, the heavens give water in the form of rain and snow, comes down, waters the seeds that we've kind of put in the ground and they give forth that's just the order of things the unbreakable unchangeable order we've seen yes, in the earth for years but what does it say verse 11 so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth so the lord is, is literally saying just that same consistency that same way in which we rely on that order that's the way my word goes out and when it goes out it goes and does things let's keep going 
It shall not return unto me void. Just like you've seen for the last however long we humans have been on the earth, yes, sir, yes, sir. you've seen seeds go into the ground and come back up. You've seen it every single season. He's saying what? But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper <laughs> in the thing whereunto I sent it. He's trying to, the Lord is trying to let us yes, know yes, yes. that whatever he says, that's what's going to happen. Amen, yes, okay. Like it won't come back void. There's no way it can do. And we should trust that his words will never fail. Even though we fail, even though we doubt, even though we fear, his word will always come to pass. May the Lord add a blessing to you all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless you.